Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Nerdy obsessions, drunken ramblings with Morgan Jeffrey and Tom Eames. The odds are unbeatable, but he's unstoppable. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Commando. Let's party. Rated R. Starts tomorrow at a theater near you. Somewhere. Somehow, someone's got to pay the bar tab. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Two Geeks, Two Beers. I'm Morgan. He's Tom. Hello. And we're feeling ready to let off some steam. So join us as we tool up and enjoy some macho bullshit in the form of 1985 action movie classic, Commando. Come on, Tom. Let's party. (laughs) I'm sure that'll mean something. So, well, 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 this brings us to... Yeah. Thoughts on Commando memories? Well... Um, I've only seen it the once. Yep. With you. I made you. Because you banged on about it constantly. You'd never seen it. No. And I was like, this is a a crime against cinema. Not the film. The fact that you hadn't right. seen it was a crime against... Uh, and not Suburban Commando, which is a very different film altogether. Also a great film. Yeah. In its own way. With Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, I don't remember anything about it other than the villain. Right. Who's ridiculous. Yeah. Who is surely going to be the main focus of this entire episode? Not, I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot about Bennett. Yeah, it's a lot about Bennett. Um, I, I love, I love that I sat you down and was like, Tom, you've never seen this movie. <laughs> like it was Citizen Kane or something. You need to, you need to see this movie. Yeah. and you, you retained nothing. No, no, no. You retained. I remember naught. enjoying it. I remember it okay being good. I didn't hate it or anything. No, but um, neither did I think it was one of cinema's greatest moments. Wow. But it depends which way you're looking at it, I suppose. So, I mean, look, I'll look on the positive. I've got another stab at this. An- okay. Another opportunity now. To, to win me over. To win you over, okay. to, to introduce you uh, to one of cinema's greatest moments. <laughs> so I can't actually remember when I first saw Commando, but probably at far too young an age. Yeah. Um, probably watching a version on ITV that was absolutely cut to ribbons. Yeah, no swear words left. No, none of, no, 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 no blood, no guts, no fun. Well, um, it's like when I, I remember thinking we talked about it in Back to the Future episode where I would watch my VHS recording for years and yeah. then we got the DVD. Yeah. The amount of swear words that they cut out, I, was, I couldn't believe it. Michael J. Fox, potty mouth. And serious shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Commando is probably one of the films I have watched the most times. Okay. I would say. I would say. Really? I would, like more than any other film? I would say, not, not maybe not more than any other, right. but it's definitely top, top five, maybe top wow. three. I would say I've watched it upwards of 20 times. Now, is it because you think it's a genuinely good film or is it a film where you know it's a bit crap, but you love it for it? <sighs> Can the answer be both? Yeah. 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 I genuinely love it. Yeah. I also know it, it's it's very much, it's Commando. I don't know what to say. It's, it's, it's Commando. It's 90 minutes. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's the perfect get a few beers in, switch your brain off movie. It's the ultimate example of that subgenre of that okay. art form, I think. And Arnie was the best at that. At his, at his yeah. peak. And this was this was this sort of kicked off the whole 80s action cinema oeuvre. Yeah. I think. Very influential. Um I love Commando so much that so the night before I got married, mm. um, and actually the night before you get married is it can be quite strangely anticlimactic yeah. because it's not a 90s sitcom, so you're not, get, you're not having your stag do no. the night before your wedding. Whoever does that, you're an idiot. So 
Does anyone actually do that? I think it does. Still. That, but let us know if you've done that. Turning up with no eyebrows on the day. But so it's like, well, what do you actually do the day before or the night before your wedding? Just sort of bit sit, tense and <laughs> and you're just sort of sitting around. And so my dad, I was with my dad, and he was like, I was staying at his, and he was like, "Would well, you want to just like do you want to go out like yeah. for for a drink or something?" I was like, well, I, don't, "I don't really feel like it." Commando was on channel, channel four. <laughs> was it channel four? Fate. that night. Wow. So we just cracked open a few beers, watched Commando, had a lovely time. Great time. So that's how I spent the night before my wedding. Yeah. Uh, and and you were probably thinking of lines of of the characters. <laughs> During your vows and everything, just oh oh yeah oh yeah, I definitely incorporated some of the dialogue into my. No, I didn't. I didn't. That's not. That's not true. What a missed opportunity. So coming up, the rock legend originally offered the film's lead role. How the movie's popularity landed another member of the cast a recording contract. The planned sequel that never was. Mm-hmm. And the big question is: Bennett gay for Matrix? <laughs> We've got to talk about it. We ha- we do have to talk about it. So, Commando was released on the 4th of October 1985 and was shot in 45 days, just six weeks, um, yeah. between the 22nd of April and the 6th of June that same year. In six weeks, we've, we're lucky if we've recorded one episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, roughly yeah. roughly the same amount of time it takes to produce one episode maybe two, maybe of the Two yeah. Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Yeah. Uh, the film was directed by Mark L. Lester, a prolific director of cult films, uh, including the Stephen King adaptation Firestarter from 1984, and the buddy movie Showdown in Little Tokyo, starring Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. Wow. Uh, he also directed the 1995 film thriller Night of the Running Man, sadly not a uh. sequel to the 1987 Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, Lester said in a 2011 interview that Commando producer Joel Silver asked him to direct the movie at a party at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. It's that classic story you hear about all true cinematic masterpieces. I believe the same is, is true of Citizen Kane. Yeah. They were like Orson. They approached Orson, you know, <laughs> round of hefts. I believe that's what happened. Uh, according to Lester, he asked if he could uh, read a script for the film and uh, producer Joel Silver said, if you read the script, you'll never do the movie. <laughs> just, just, just turn up. Just, 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 just trust. Just trust. Trust me, trust trust the process. (laughs) Trust old Daddy Silver. Uh, The final version of the script was written by Stephen E. D'Souza. Uh, D'Souza also wrote The Running Man, uh, the Sylvester Stallone version of Judge Dredd, the 1994 film adaptation of Street Fighter, and both Die Hard and Die Hard 2. So very much a Two Geeks Hall of Famer. Yeah, what a run. Yeah. Uh, D'Souza's script was based on a partly part I was, sorry, it was based on a story mm. partly devised by Jeff Loeb, uh, a TV producer and comic book writer who was head of Marvel Television from 2010 to 2019, uh, and also a writer-producer on Smallville and Your Favourite Lost. Brilliant. Uh, Commando got the green light when the new head of 20th Century Fox, on his first day on the job, said, This guy Schwarzenegger's a phenomenon. <laughs> Find me a movie for him that can be done for under 12 million, and I'll green light it immediately. <laughs> no matter what the plot is, <laughs> no, he didn't I don't care. care. He didn't care. People will come and see it. So D'Souza did a marathon reading session of every action script that had been optioned by Fox up until that point and eventually stumbled across Commando. Uh, The film was originally about an Israeli soldier who had turned his back on violence. At this point, allegedly, Gene Simmons of Kiss was considered for the lead role. Had he done any acting at this point? I think so. They're just like... The big guy. Just Get me Gene. Yeah. Need Gene Simmons. It's crying out for Gene. Um... (laughs) while a later redraft was apparently written with Nick Nolte in mind. Uh, People magazine's Sexiest Man, 1978 or something. Famously. Uh, D'Souza later revamped the story to suit Arnold's bigger-than-life persona. That's in his own words. Uh, Arnie is reported to have said when approached about the film, I like this part. 
I'm not a robot from the future or caveman from the past. I'm in clothes <laughs> and having a family. It's a part John Wayne could play. I do this picture. <laughs> I love that as a phrase. Uh, I do this picture. I do this picture. I like that he had such a low bar at this point that he was, he, he done, you know, t- obviously Terminator was great, but there, there was there was some nudity. Yeah. Um, he, he done sort of Hercules in New York and his bar was so low. It's like, well, I get to wear clothes throughout this movie. So I get, I get, it's the best offer I've got coming in at this point. Great. So Commando w- was produced, as mentioned, by Joel Silver, uh, whose filmography includes Lethal Weapon, and its sequels, uh, the Die Hard movies, again, Predator, Demolition Man, the Matrix movies, and many more. And it was scored by Oscar-winning composer James Horner. who Pedigree. Big fan of Horner. Got the horn for Horner. The horn for Horner. Who also wrote the music for Titanic, Aliens, Apollo 13, Braveheart, and more two geeks fodder, Willow in 1988. Yes. Land Before Time, 1988. Same year. Uh, How do they have time? The Rocketeer in 1991. My favourite. Yeah. And Mask of Zorro. Oh, we've got to do Mask of Zorro. Yeah, ine- inevitably. Yeah. Inevitably. So, let's get into the plot okay. of Commando. What there is of it. Such as it is. <laughs> so Commando opens with three men. A husband taking out the trash, a car salesman, and a man on a tugboat, each being assassinated one by one. Oh. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I'll explain. A man taking out the trash. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's just like, oh, wait, wait, bin man. I've, I've still got my, you know, oh. my garbage bags. So seemingly he's just some dude. Just some dude. Seemingly. Seemingly. I love the, well, one scene and you're like, what's going on? Why is that, why is he, what, what's that happened? Why have, why? They, why have they killed him? What questions need to be answered? It's like, I will explain. Uh, <laughs> I love it if you're like, don't know. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, never established. Yeah, that, 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 that scene is never followed up on. No. <laughs> the film then introduces us to John Matrix. The worst name of all time. Or best, depending on which way you look at it. It's a great name. Uh, a retired U.S. Army Special Forces colonel, now living in a secluded part of upstate California with his young daughter, Jenny. <laughs> but it is spelled with a J, not with a C-H. Now, although this might sound like some bullshit action hero name, yes. I, looked in, I, did, I did some actual research. Oh, wow. Well done. Uh, and in fact, Matrix is a legitimate surname. According to Ancestry.co.uk, the Matrix family name was to be found in the USA in 1880 when there were six families of the name Matrix living in Alabama. 67% of all the recorded Matrixes in the USA. I don't know why they were all in Alabama, but it's a real real name. Obviously, it makes you think of the Matrix, but also I just think of, yeah, Enzo Matrix from Reboot. (laughs) The the second most famous Matrix as a surname, I'd say. Yeah, and then then Dot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However... Uh, Commando establishes that Arnie's character was born in East Germany. Oh. So he can't, he's not from Alabama. Um, so I was thinking, okay, fine. So maybe he was given an alias when he went into retirement yeah. to kind of conceal his identity and keep him safe from enemy forces uh, who do end up tracking him down as, as seen in the film. But then why are you calling him John Matrix? Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to stand out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Call him John Smith. I, I love this idea. It's like, just John, just, just stay in Alabama. You'll be fine. There's, there's plenty of matrixes, matrices. <laughs> Matri. You'll be fine. They'll never find you. Uh, so the opening to Commando, not the very opening scene where inexplicably three men are murdered, um, but the scene that introduces us to John Matrix yeah. is, I would say, the first of many iconic sequences in the movie. Okay. Biceps, just real close-ups on yeah. Arnie's biceps. That's all you need in an Arnie film, isn't it? Pecs. really zoomed in. 
context, Arnie's just carrying an enormous log uh, yeah. through a forest. Yeah. Is that sweat or baby oil or both? Really, some sort of combination. This is like, yeah, early Arnie. Thinking about it, 85. It really is, isn't it? You'll get into it. Yeah. Arnie's now uh, chopping wood. See, if he was around now, this would do very well on TikTok. <laughs> Men chopping wood. I'm I'm sort of surprised he's not just tearing it apart with his bare hands yeah. like Captain America. Doesn't need an axe. So someone's approaching Arnie. Okay. From behind. He doesn't see them coming. It's a shadow. He knows. Who is it? Oh, he's caught the reflection in his axe. In his axe. Who is it? You can't tell. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, oh it's his adorable yeah. daughter, Chenny. Chenny. <laughs> a silver pitcher's production. That was nice. That was a nice cream. This feels like the beginning of a Hallmark film. <laughs> a single. There's always a single dad in a Hallmark film. Yeah. I would love it if that. That's that's the twist. It's is actually it, is a rom com. It's actually just a rom com. Yeah. <laughs> Having a great time. Ice cream all over his face. She looks familiar. Well, we'll go on to it. Oh, I, I think I know who this is. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say it in case I'm an idiot. What until you say it? <laughs> who do you think it is? Is it Alyssa Milano? It is Alyssa Milano. Wow. Did you not know I, that? You I probably did at genuinely... the time. I totally forgot, but yeah. Yeah. My facial recognition skills. <laughs> Just spot seeing someone's face and yeah. going, oh, I recognize them. Yeah. It's not facial recognition. Yes. <laughs> so Matrix is living a life of peaceful isolation with Chenny, uh, eating ice cream, confusing sandwiches, and reading music magazines. At one point, he's heard to remark, why don't they just call him Girl George? It would cut down on all the confusion, I think. Na now, so he's reading about Boy George. And, oh, and, and, right. And clearly John was... 1985, isn't it? Yeah, he was confused as to how Boy George identifies. Oh, wow, okay. But if he'd listened to Culture Club, he'd know that George is a man without conviction. <laughs> So, pay attention. <laughs> You're ashamed. You're ashamed of me. Uh, so, Matrix is paid a visit by his former superior, Major General Franklin Kirby, who informs John that the other members of his old unit have been killed uh, by unknown mercenaries. That's who those guys were. His old old buddies. Yeah. Okay. You, only, you only had to wait about eight minutes. Did they look like Arnie? No. They just look like dudes. blokes. Okay. Yeah. So they let themselves go, but he's still double hard. Yeah. Uh, Kirby then departs, uh, and where most films would, perhaps for the sake of credibility, uh, leave a gap in the narrative here, Commando has no such qualms. Uh, the instant Kirby and his men leave, John's home is attacked by the mercenaries. <laughs> so literally the helicopter goes over the horizon, then suddenly just like, action, shit, fucking, oh, people are going to get bored. So he just gets attacked instantly <laughs> by the baddies. He did warn him. He did. He's like, yeah. they're coming. He's like, yeah, they're already like, here. Like now, I'm right, just going to go. Right um, now. Uh, so the, the mercenaries attacking John uh, are led by his old special forces ally, Bennett, who is out for revenge after Matrix had him booted from the unit. Right, so he used to be on their team. Yeah. Now, was there a reason why he got rid of him? Uh, is it plainly seen by just the way he is? Just, just yeah, yeah, you would think. He's just, just like a psychopath. Okay. And he's like, enjoyed killing a little too much. All right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, state of him. Bennett, I thought you were... Dead. <laughs> you thought wrong. <laughs> Ever since you had me thrown out of your unit, I've waited to pay you back. Oh, fascinating. Do you know what today is, Matrix? Payday. <laughs> shot him? Just with a tranquilizer dart. Okay. <laughs> Arnie gets shot with a tranquilizer dart and immediately loses consciousness. Yeah, yeah. I mean... 
When are we getting into him as a character in terms of... We will. We'll okay. get We'll get. I'll on. save it. We'll get onto it. All right. So Matrix and Jenny are both abducted by Bennett and his goons. Bennett is in league with Arius. Now, again, I've watched this film upwards of 20 times. Mm. I never knew that this character was called Arius. I'm not even sure if he's ever... Refer, oh. referred to as such in the film okay. but apparently that's the character's name he's just right. he's just this so he's this ousted South American dictator so I'm just like oh it's this, this ah, dictator yeah. guy uh, who, who Matrix helped remove from power so to guarantee Jenny's safe return Arius wants Matrix to assassinate the new leader of his homeland Valverde so he can return to power Matrix appears to agree but later escapes the flight to Valverde breaking the neck of his minder in nonchalant fashion <laughs> I'd be able to break a neck that easily. I mean, I uh, probably could. Excuse me. How long is the flight? We land in Valverde in exactly 11 hours. Thank you. And do me a favor. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. Oh, dear. Now, that is actually a line, a one-liner. Yeah. Stolen from Thunderball. Really? The James Bond film, yeah. What, they just stole it, or was it a homage? I, I, well, I mean, it depends how generous you want to be. But it's essentially, that line is lifted from Thunderball, where it's... It, 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 Thunderball does it better, I'm going to say. Yeah. Like, there's something, Nobody does it better. There's, well, there's something brilliant about the naffness of, of Arnie's <sighs> delivery. the way he says it, he just wasn't even trying. It was like that was the, the first take. He was like, we're going to do it again, right? Oh, no, 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 that was it. We've run out of take. That, ah. is, that is the best we're going to get. Okay. Oh, is this the original? Yeah. Yeah. She was evil, it's fine. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. One of my friend's sisters went out. She's just dead. <laughs> See, that works. That works. <laughs> She's just dead. Like, you know, like, like, like dead tired. I know, but... <laughs> You're like, actually, that doesn't work. I need him to say dead, dead tired. tired. Dead tired yeah. works better. Yeah. yeah. I've, Arnie uh, uh, outshone Sean there. One-upped Connery. Yeah. Uh, Valverde, uh, a fictional South American country, is also referenced in the films Predator and Die Hard 2. Yeah. Now, I think you'd struggle to argue that Predator and Commando are set in the same universe, mostly due to the cast crossover, which well, we'll, yeah. we'll get on to. But, I mean, I don't know, Die Hard? John McClane meets John Matrix? Could happen. Could have been, well... Probably not now, but no. could, could have been interesting. Yeah. Um, would have, you would have been up for it. I, I, yeah. If nothing else. <laughs> just, just me. Yeah. yeah. At the airport, uh, Matrix enlists the aid of an off-duty flight attendant, Cindy, and catches up with another of Bennett's goons, Sully. Yeah, it does feel very diehard too. Yeah. So you want to just describe, describe what's going on, what, you, what, what you're watching? Well, running through a, what, a, a shopping centre. Yeah, mall. He's now smashing up a uh, telephone fit. What do you call yeah. him? Booth. Telephone booth. Uh, with a guy in it. He's now chucked it because Arnie can. Uh, police have come to arrest him. Yeah. And he's obviously beaten like eight men at once. <laughs> Sounds dodgy. Uh, guy shoots it at him, but now he's got shot. Falls down. Arnie's just kicking ass. Who are these? Are these just normal police? They're just police because he's, oh. he's just like causing mayhem in a, in a shopping mall. Oh no. Can't shoot a cop. No, that wasn't him. That was, that was Sully. Right. It's all right. Stop! Or I'll shoot! No! <laughs> <laughs> Get 
I always feel bad for these police. They're just trying to do their jobs. They're just doing their jobs. Yeah. 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 That um that, that phone booth was made of balsa wood. Although, I think Schwarzenegger probably could have lifted an actual, oh, yeah. Yeah. An actual phone booth. I've never noticed before, so I have watched this film a lot, watching that clip in preparation for this episode, when Arnie uh, flips the booth and is like, you know, closing in on, on Sully. I'm pretty sure he goes... Bitch. Like, really? He's just so annoyed. He's so mad at him. Um, so following a high-speed pursuit, Matrix interrogates Sully and, once he has the intel he needs, drops him off a cliff to his death. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Sully's terrified yelp is again oh, yeah. iconic. I think we might have discussed yeah. this before on the podcast. Forget the Wilhelm scream. The Sully scream is a cinematic classic. Yeah. You're a funny guy, Sully. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Matrix. You did. I lied. <laughs> no one, no one, no one's ever made that noise before or since. He's got such a just punchable face, though, doesn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. Shit. Uh, where's Sully? Asks Cindy, despite being stood five feet away. I let him go. Uh, Arnie responds. Yeah. Taking a motel key from Sully's jacket, Matrix tracks down and confronts Cook, a former Green Beret at Aris's employ, and impales him on a table leg after a brutal fight. It's Sully! Oh, it's him. Oh! Yeah, he was in Predator, wasn't he? Bill Duke. Yeah. <laughs> There's some good Arnie. Uh, You're scared, motherfucker. <laughs> you should be. Because it's a green beret. It's going to kick your big ass. <laughs> big ass. Green berets for breakfast. Right now, I'm very hungry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. <laughs> Did you say big ass? That's what you said, didn't No, you? he says pig ass. Like, you're a pig and I'm going to kick oh, your big ass. Oh, pig ass. I like the phrase big ass. <laughs> I'm going to get your big ass. <laughs> It's not. We're not onto Bennett yet. I'm gonna get your big ass. So, so uh. Matrix and Cindy eventually trace Jenny's location, and after raiding an army surplus store to equip himself with military weaponry, uh, Matrix commandeers a seaplane from a nearby marina oh, yeah. and flies with Cindy to Arius's island base. Uh, in perhaps the movie's most iconic sequence, copied and parodied countless times, Matrix tools up ahead of his uh, one-man offensive. So is this like a montage? Yeah, you already know what you're going to see. Even if you haven't seen it before, you already know okay. the kind of thing to expect. Even Rocky had a montage. Get his little pants. Arnie in like the tightest... Incredible the, body. The, the tightest little... Forget little Daniel Craig. Trunks. That was incredible. That's peak man right there, though, isn't it? That's, that is... Perfect physical specimen, yeah. yeah. Yes. Suit up. Just want to start a fight after that, don't you? <laughs> uh, Matrix then uh, proceeds to Aris's villa, killing Arius and oh. his entire army single-handed. Uh, Arnie kills 81 people in this movie, wow. uh, his highest body count in any film. Wow. Uh, in at number two is True Lies with a measly 51 executions. So Terminator's not that high. 
No, he's, ironically, doesn't actually terminate that many people. Mm, Com Commando, he is on a killing spree. Yeah. This is just to give you a little, little taste of the mayhem. I feel like Hot Shots took this off a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just the whole just standing there, just shooting, and no one's getting in for some reason. Even though he's right there, no, yeah. one's, no one's managed to get one bullet in him. Arnie's planted explosives outside of these buildings. They all explode from the inside. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of nerd would notice that. Welcome back, John. <laughs> so glad you could make it. Fascinating villain. Memorable. Yeah. Don't forget him. Uh, Stephen D'Souza said, in the script, there was some plausibility. Uh, the dictator is living on a private island, so there are maybe a dozen security guards. Uh, but during the shoot, Mark, the director, saw a sneak preview of Rambo, First Blood uh, Part yeah. 2, and realised how many people get killed in that. He said, we've got to have a bigger dick than Rambo. <laughs> we've got to slay more people. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly, there were 150 extras getting killed. It got out of control. <laughs> Uh, one scene considered for the film would have seen Matrix cut off an opponent's arm with an axe and then slap him with his dismembered limb uh, saying either quit whining or need a hand uh, uh, they should have done well the idea was scrapped as it was considered too crazy uh, although director Lester later said eh, in hindsight it probably would have worked <laughs> it wouldn't have felt out of place no it would not have felt out of place no. uh, Chenny escapes to the, the villa's basement uh, but is eventually captured by uh, Bennett dick Matrix tracks them down and he and Bennett face off in a long and sweaty tussle that contains zero homoerotic subtext. There's no way Bennett would have any chance against him. I just want to pull a trigger. Put a knife in me. Look me in the eye. See what's going on in there when you turn it. That's what you want to do, right? Oh, wow. John, come on. Look at our girl. It's enjoying this. You and me. Don't deprive yourself of some pleasure. <laughs> come on, Bennett. You could. I don't need the girl! <laughs> I don't need the gun, John. <laughs> I can beat you. <laughs> I don't need no gun! I gotta kill you now! <laughs> Fucking hell! Oh, I don't need the girl. Uh, yeah. I don't need the girl, John. No, no, you don't. No. You don't. no. Uh, Bennett seems to get the upper hand in the fight uh, when he recovers his gun and has Matrix in his sights. But John is able to tear a steel pipe from the wall and hurl it with such vicious force that it not only impales Bennett, but also pins him to the wall and pierces the apparatus behind, piping out hot steam. Of course. John, I feel good! Just like old times. What's it feel like to be a dying man? You're a dead man, John! Bullshit! <laughs> Wouldn't be standing anymore. John, I'm not gonna shoot you between the eyes! I'm gonna shoot you between the balls! Let off some steam, Bennett. Classic. An all-time classic. Yeah.
Uh, the film originally had a more epic ending in mind. Uh, Stephen D'Souza revealed uh, the movie was supposed to end with Bennett fleeing in a speedboat and Matrix chasing him. Uh, they'd land on this island where the Marines do their training and fight with knives on the beach with barbed wire everywhere, landmines going off and naval gunnery ships firing artillery shells at them. It would have been crazy, like Saving Private Ryan. Unfortunately, we spent all our money killing 150 people, so we had to shoot the scene in a basement instead. So, but it worked. Gave us the iconic, the iconic climax. Uh, that we know and love. Uh, the brutal fight scene between Matrix and, and Bennett saw Arnie chip a bone in his shoulder uh, and Vernon Wells dislocate his shoulder as well. Not shoulder injuries for some reason. Uh, so General Kirby then arrives with a military detachment uh, and asks Matrix to start up his unit again. Never mind that all of John's old friends from his from his unit previously have just been yeah, like, executed, left. freshly executed, where he's like, just, just recruit some of ah. you guys. Never mind that Matrix uh, just became history's greatest spree killer yeah, yeah. Uh, and certainly broke every single law of international conduct. Like, he's a war, definitely a war criminal. Yeah. Uh, he's a top guy and Kirby wants him back. Leave anything for us? Just bodies. <laughs> I'd just like you to start off your unit again, John. All it would take is... That's his first reaction. Straight in. That's his first reaction. The last time. Season Island in absolute disarray. 81 people murdered. He's like, do you want to start the unit again? Yeah. Want a job? Until the next time. <laughs> Everyone's just like... Yeah. I think there'd be a bit of paperwork, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Chance. <laughs> Nothing can hurt you. Now, you know, Arnie's never been like the best actor around, but you feel like you can see that he hasn't quite got to the, he hasn't quite nailed, well, any form of acting at this point. He's just <laughs> kind of you. saying the lines, not actually, there's no like charisma which he gets in later on. How dare you? <laughs> No charisma. He has charisma, but in terms of saying the lines, he's just saying them deadpan, even for him. That's, that's how... Nah, but he puts he has a little bit of a sparkle in his eye in later films. By like the early 90s, he's, he's figured it out. Yeah. Well, that theme song you heard there, We Fight for Love, uh, was performed by The Power Station. Are you familiar yes, with that work? Robert Palmer. Yeah, well, yeah. it was a super group originally comprised of, of singer Robert Palmer, yeah. uh, chic drummer Tony Thompson, and Duran Duran members uh, John Taylor and Andy Taylor on bass and guitar. Not related. Uh, no, not related. Not the, not the Taylor brothers. Uh, Palmer left the group uh, and was replaced by singer and actor Michael Debar. It's not as good. Uh, it's not as good. <laughs> who's, I'm sure Michael's great, but he's no Robert Palmer. Uh, and Debar's friendship with producer Joel Silver led to The Power Station contributing a song to the Commando soundtrack. Uh, the track was originally titled Someday, Somehow, Someone's Gotta Pay, uh, which remained the film's tagline on posters. Mm. You want to watch the trailer for Commando? Yeah, it's probably yeah. haven't already, to be honest. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't want it to ruin anything. Okay. I want it to... Fair enough to have that experience. Him down. You know, Colonel, we went to a lot of trouble to find you. They murdered his friends. All right, so this is Pals. They took the only thing he would kill for. The only thing he would kill for. He's literally a professional killer. Yeah, so he has killed before. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. Now. Now. Every time. Somehow, someone's gonna pay. Like the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think that he's going to give us any problems? You'll do exactly as he's told. Last the you fellas. You're a funny guy, Sally. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Are you going to tell me what's going on or what? No. <laughs> Don't disturb my friend. 
he's dead tired. So, I mean, they put all the best lines in the yeah, trailer. That's why, I, yeah. that's why I held it back. What are you doing? Helping you get her back. I don't know if bazookas actually look like that, but that's how I always picture bazooka. Yeah. I lied. There's a screen. Different screen. It is a different screen. Not as good. Uh, didn't they use that screen in something as well? Well, that screen? Yeah, in a video game or something. Or am I just misremembering? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's talking about something, but it might have been a different screen. Let's just say it was. If it's a mission no man can survive, he's the man for the job. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Commando. Let's party. <laughs> yeah. I should be up there with, uh, let's get nuts. <laughs> so, onto the cast. Finally. Film obviously starred Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. as Colonel John Matrix, uh, as you identified early in his career. Mm. So this was Schwarzenegger's 11th film credit, but his first film as lead. Oh. Uh, and, or, or at least as the protagonist, yeah. uh, following his breakout role in 1984's oh, The Terminator. The year before. Yeah. Wow. And so this was, the, this was the film that sort of capitalized on the success, yeah. the, star, the overnight stardom he had achieved. Uh, Schwarzenegger insisted on doing almost all of the film's stunts himself. According to director Mark L. Lester, uh, Arnie said that... Nobody could duplicate his body. Well, no, I was going to say, who's going to be able to, like, be convincing Arnie? Right. Even when we were doing a close-up of Matrix jamming a knife into a sheath, he said, my hand could not be duplicated. <laughs> it is one of a kind. When he, did, when he did this shot, he cut his other hand with a knife and had to go to hospital. <laughs> so, That's why we have stunt doubles. Uh, and, yeah, and, and despite uh, Arnie's insistence that there are, in fact, 54 stunt performers listed in the credits, 17 more people than in the actual credited cast. <laughs> uh, Ray Dawn Chong plays uh, Cindy. The other actresses considered for the part included Sharon Stone mm. and uh, Arnie's Red Sonia co-star Bridget Nielsen. Uh, Chong is the daughter of Ch Tommy Chong of, oh, of yeah. Cheech and Chong fame, yeah. uh, whose breakthrough came in the 1981 fantasy adventure Quest for Fire. Uh, her recent credits include appearances in the series 911 in, uh, Impeachment American Crime Story and the series adaptation of Interview with the Vampire. She also discovered Chris Pratt, uh, who was waiting to... <laughs> like it was penicillin or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she just left some mold out overnight and... Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, wow, Chris Pratt. <laughs> hey. Uh, you shall be Che in the OC. <laughs> yeah, his most famous role. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Pratt was waiting tables at age 19 uh, when she cast him in her directorial debut, uh, a short film. So she's responsible for Chris Pratt's movie career, oh, so make of that what you will. Yeah. Uh, a sex scene between uh, Matrix and Cindy was cut from the movie as it was felt to be gratuitous, which, to be fair, if he's in a race against time to save his daughter... I've got time for this. A bit weird to stop, stop and get laid. Yeah. Um, as you identified, using your facial recognition... Absolutely. Alyssa Milano plays, plays Jenny Matrix. It didn't feel like that she was... I thought like she'd been older by that point. No, age, uh, age just 12. Yeah. Uh, she had been starring in the sitcom Who's the Boss? opposite Tony Danza, yeah. uh, with Commando marking her second film appearance. Uh, as an adult, she's arguably best known for her role in the fantasy TV drama Charmed, yeah. playing one of a trio of, of witch sisters. Uh, according to Milano, Commando was massive in Japan. Uh, she recalled, for some reason, when it came out over there, a record company exec offered me a five-album contract, <laughs> assuming really? I could sing. It was so bizarre that I had to do it. All five went platinum. Whoa. She had five platinum albums. Was it like, um, was it Robin Sparkles and How I Met Your Mother? She had this like secret um, music career in another country. <laughs> yeah. Massive over there. Yeah. But just the idea oh, that they were just like, uh, you were in that film, yeah? Yeah. Acting, yeah? Can you, you sing? sing? Uh, not really. Oh, do you, do, uh, do you want a five album deal? Yeah. It used to happen back in the day, though, didn't it? Do you remember like... Um, Marty McCutcheon would have a number one. But like Craig Phillips. Yeah. The, the winner of Big Brother, the first yeah. series of Big Brother. They were like, can you sing? At this time of year. They were like, a bit? Yeah. And they were like, 
not even a single. They were like, have, it was album deals. Um, it have was like, like a multi album. Multi album deal. And then it came out and realized, yeah, I don't think not, he had, I don't not think not he had fulfilling that contract. I don't think he had multi albums, did he? Uh, but didn't have yeah. one album at the end of the. <laughs> So, um, some IMD beatable uh, casting choices okay. uh, considered for for, for Chenny. Uh, Winona Ryder, Shan- Shannon Doherty, also from Charmed. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Shue, Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Connelly, and Pat- Patricia Arquette. It was just women of the time. <laughs> just women of the time. Yeah. Women of the eighties. Yeah. 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 Ladies of the eighties, but apparently they were they were all considered. Uh, President Arias was played by Dan Hadea, uh, who also played the father of Alicia Silverstone's share in 1995's Clueless, uh, and Sergeant Jeff Rabin in the same year as The Usual Suspects, uh, and portrayed Carla's ex-husband Nick on the sitcom Cheers. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think that's why I recognised him in the uh, trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, other Two Geeks relevant credits for Hadea uh, include 1983's The Hunger, David Bowie, uh, 1984's The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, uh, 1991's The Addams Family, and 1997's Alien Resurrection. Uh, director Mark L. Lester originally wanted Raul Julia uh, for the role of Arius, um, but producer Joel Silver insisted on casting Hedea. Writer Stephen D'Souza later wrote Street Fighter in 1994, which was also his directorial debut, and he cast Julia, of course, as M. Bison. Now, Vernon Wells <sighs> plays Bennett. So, so Australian-born Wells kicked off his career on Aussie television in the 1970s, okay. but became known to international audiences for his role of Wes, the unhinged, assless chaps wearing <laughs> biker in 1981's Mad Max 2. Okay, it sounds like his level. <laughs> what do you mean his level? Well, you need someone who play an assless chaps wearing biker. Perfect. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't recognise him. Weirdly, looks more like a crazy hard nut in that movie. It does. Yeah. Far more believable. Yeah. Uh, would it shock you to say that I've never seen the first two Mad Max films? <laughs> I thought you were going to say I've never seen a Mad Max film. So you have seen... No, no, no. I, no, no, no. I've seen one Mad Max film. Yeah. And obviously it's Fury Road. I've not seen any oh, of okay. it. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say I have only seen... Beyond Thunderdome with, <laughs> with Tina Turner. I mean, cracking, cracking song. It is a great song. Yeah, yeah. but it's such. Gotta watch them. That film, that film gets gets. Oh, sorry, that song gets played a lot on like local ra- oh, local radio. Smooth plays it a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, but I love the fact that it contains a very ex- yeah. explicit reference. Thunderdome. The Thunderdome. Like, we have to get thunder. It's, it's up there with Saint Elmo's fire. Yeah. But I love I love the fact that like most people don't even like. Remember Mad uh, Max Beyond no, Thunderdome. They remember, uh, but but yeah. Thunderdome. Well, so the song is "We Don't Need Another Hero." Brackets yeah. Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. Th- Ridiculous. I don't, I don't I don't know all the words, so I just go. We don't need another hero. We don't need another <laughs> way home. <laughs> all we wanted us uh, uh, Thunderdome. Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You remember it? I thought you were going to say, we don't need another Thunderdome. <laughs> That's like, just like, just like, have you ever heard that um, Mum's Spaghetti? Which yeah. Is the ver- version of uh, Lose Yourself which just uses Mum's Spaghetti. <laughs> Mom's sp- you should just do that. But like, we don't need another Thunderdome. We don't need another Thunderdome. All we want is what we got. Thunderdome. <laughs> Two Geeks Remix. Uh. Rest uh, in peace, Tina. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Of course. Mm. Uh, 
So following Commando, uh, Wells appeared in the 1987 sci-fi comedy Inner oh, Space. Oh, what film that is. That's great. We, I think we talked about it in the pub. I've, yeah. I've already earmarked that as a, yeah. as a future episode topic. Earmarked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he also played the Rancic, a mutant crime lord from the year 3000 oh. uh, in 2000's Power Rangers series Time Force. I mean, okay. It's a scary line, that. It'll only hurt forever. I know. What a great line. Haunting. Like, wasted in this film. Thank you. You. <laughs> wish you had. Oh, yeah. So he's sword fighting his nemesis. And I do wonder, did they intentionally sort of mimic some of the choreography from the final battle? Yeah. Commander? Still got the moves. Yeah. Uh, though his performance is now considered iconic by Commando fans, uh, Wells was not first choice. Was he not? For the role of Bennett, no. Was he not? No, an actor called Wings Hauser. Uh, was Wings Hauser. Wings Hauser. Sounds like a, a time crisis uh, hero name. Yeah. Uh, no, Wings Hauser was originally cast, uh, but was let go after half a day's filming uh, after failing to gel with director Mark L. Lester. How badly could you have done in half a day? Well, apparently it just wasn't working. It just didn't gel. Eric Stoltz situation. Yeah, but yeah. at least Eric had a few weeks, at <laughs> yeah. least. Half a day. Yeah. Real bad. Because he was real bad. Yeah. Uh, apparently, this is the reason that Bennett's clothes are so tight. <laughs> yeah. Because Wells was bigger than Hauser and the production didn't sure. have time to make a new costume. Sure. Okay. Payday. Every good film has to have oh, wow. an antagonist. You know, to get a... To make a hero a hero, you have to have a villain of equal intensity. And the thing about it is that no villain thinks he's a villain. To play a villain correctly, you have to believe that what you're doing is right. How much they're paying you? Taking this seriously. They offered me a hundred grand. You want to know something? When I found out I'd get my hands on you, I said I'd do it for nothing. <laughs> Definitely another bit. Oh, hello. Yeah. That was the first time, technically, it was, it, it was used as a catchphrase. Is it Terminator 2? He first says that. No, Terminator. He did say it in Terminator, didn't he? Yeah. But then it was, just a, it was just a line of dialogue. Yeah. That's the first time it's used as... As a second. As like, it's a catchphrase. It's a, interesting. It's, having the, the wonderful character of, of the, the hero and the villain, you know, now your villains become terribly wishy-washy. He's right. a scary bad guy. You know, you know that if, if you confront me, I'm going to break your neck and, and, you know, suck out your brains. When I met him the first day, I said, God, how is he going to pull off the yeah. mean guy? He's yeah. so nice. But when, when you say action, he can be so mean. <laughs> that I look at him and I say, wait a minute, what's happening here? <laughs> you know, and he comes with this knife at me and he starts fighting and all those kind of things. And he's incredible the way he gets into it. And uh, so we work very well together. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah. I, I love seeing how young and innocent Arnie is. <laughs> I love, I love Arnie's like, he is so mean. Just can't, can't quite hack it, can't quite believe it. Uh, so Wells uh, became the victim, though, of Arnie's uh, practical jokes on set. Uh, Wells recalled, one time he and his friends took all the jacks out of the back of my trailer, so when I sat on the couch, the whole trailer capsized. Arnie thought that was very funny. <laughs> now... Some fans and critics well, have picked up on a subtle 
barely noticeable undercurrent yeah. of homosexual tension between Bennett and, and Matrix. So... Well, it's just the whole... Can we just get on to the how, why he looks the way he looks? We will. We're we getting on we're to it. We're getting on to it. We can't. We're on to it. Yeah. So, so, was Bennett attracted to John? Yes. Or even in love with his nemesis? According to the film's director, Mark L. Lester, Bennett's costume was intended to be a punk look, and it was never the intention for it to look like, and I quote, gay leather gear. <laughs> yeah. So, it's very Freddie Mercury. Yeah, well. It's very village people. Yeah. It's very like, take that in their music video for sure back in 1994. Look it up. Specific. Chainmail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in 2010, Lester said, Bennett was infatuated with Arnold's character, yeah. but in an innocent way. Though in 2019, in the documentary In Search of the Last Action Heroes, uh, Lester said Bennett was in love with Matrix, but he hated him too. He wanted to kill him, but he was in love with him. Okay. However... Vernon Wells does not believe Bennett was gay, or at least not attracted to Matrix, uh, saying, there was no gay attitude as far as I was concerned. Maybe because of the way I fondle my knife when I talk about Matrix, people say, oh, he wants John. Yeah, I wanted John. Well, it's cut his heart out. But people now refer to Bennett as Freddie Mercury yes. on steroids. Yeah. 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 So there you go. I mean, yeah, you don't forget him. <laughs> you, don't, you don't forget him. Yeah. Uh, General Kirby in the film was played by James Olsen. Uh, who sadly passed away last year. Uh, having appeared in 1971 film The Andromeda Strain and uh, 1982's Amityville 2, The Possession, plus episodes of Columbo, Kung Fu, Hawaii Five-O, Wonder Woman, The Bionic Woman and Battlestar Galactica, uh, Olsen retired from acting in 1990, just five years after the release of Commando. He was like, I've peaked. Yeah, I can't do any better. This is, this is, this is, peak, yeah. this is peak cinema. Yeah. Uh, Sully was played by David Patrick Kelly, Best known outside of this for playing main antagonist Luther in the cult 1979 film The Warriors. Never seen The Warriors. No, you're about to. Yeah. It's very threatening. Warriors come out to play. Warriors come out to play. Terrifying. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. Okay. Unhinged. Uh, Kelly also appeared in Twin Peaks, both the original series and the revival. Uh, he played T-Bird in 1994's The Crow, uh, and more recently played Charlie the Cleaner in John Wick and mm. John Wick Chapter 2. Nice. Uh, Bill Duke, as, as we mentioned, plays Cook. Uh, Duke would go on to play perhaps his best-known role of, of Mac. Mac! Uh, again, opposite Schwarzenegger. Uh, two years later, 1987's Predator, uh, with film roles following in 1999's Payback, 2002's Red Dragon, and 2006's X-Men, The Last Stand. Uh, Commando also features a small role for Bill Paxton as an intercept officer. Uh, Paxton and Schwarzenegger also appeared alongside each other in The Terminator, and later in 1994 in, in True Lies. When Paxton passed away in 2017, uh, Schwarzenegger described him as one of my best friends, saying, Bill Paxton could play any role, but he was best at being Bill, mm. a great human being with a huge heart. So Commando was made for just $9 million, which I think even back then wasn't, no. wasn't a whole lot of money. Um, but it had box office returns of 57 and a half million. So it was a, it was a box office yeah. was a smash. Uh, the film debuted at number one, uh, in the box office on its opening weekend, uh, October 4th to the 6th, 1985, in, in the United States, and spent three consecutive weeks at the top position. Uh, the film, however, 
Well, it's a. Uh, uh, it's how do I how do I, how do I say this? <laughs> how would you explain how would the situation? I, well, people were the, the reception was was you know people were hot and cold. Yeah. It was divided. People weren't sure. It received mixed reviews. <laughs> uh, but has it since gone on to have a cult following? It has gone on. Yeah. It has gone on to have a cult following. Uh, Gene Siskel, he gave Commando two out of four stars. Not bad. Arguing that the film's mix of action and comedy never gels. Uh, though the Los Angeles Times called Commando a gory... Two out of four? Yeah. Four is their their highest. I guess. It's weird. It's always yeah. five stars. Yeah. Two out of four. Sort of, what sort of yeah. whack rating system yeah. is that? Yeah. And he's like, all right, fine, I won't do it out of four anymore. How are you going to do it? Thumbs. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'll just give There's it... There's only ever two thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> to so yeah 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 but so so, so there's one thumb it's only fifty percent good so you see one one thumb up uh, is like okay two thumbs up is great one what's, th- the, what's the middle one thumb down is bad and then one thumb down two thumbs down is really, really bad. bad I guess that's how it works rubbish system Gene he's like well you fucking told me I couldn't do two out of four so I'm five stars I'm doing, I'm doing my th- like everyone else I'm doing my thumbs uh. me me I want to do my thumbs. Uh, but the Los Angeles Times called Commando a gory crowd pleaser, Good. full of spectacular stunts and shootouts. Uh, and Variety argued that while the film was not in the same class as The Terminator, its deft mixture of humor and action made it superior to Rambo 2. Commando has, of course, gone on to have a cult following. Yeah. Uh, and according to Vernon Wells, the craziest fans are in England. Oh. They're out of control. People in the UK. Well, you're part of that. Such as myself. Yeah. Just fucking love Commando. But despite its box office success, uh, a sequel to Commando never materialized. Uh, though Stephen E. D'Souza did write a screenplay, uh, which saw Matrix hired as head of security for a giant corporation, only to find out that he's being used, forcing him to become a one-man army again. But yeah. never happened. Mm. Uh, in 2020, Vernon Wells told Forbes that he had also heard talk of a Commando prequel. Has he? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> oh yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely heard. Sure, Vernon. Uh, yeah. Uh, exploring how the relationship between Matrix and Bennett soured. Uh, but again, it never happened. Uh, in 2010, though, it was reported that 20th Century Fox was developing a remake of Commando with uh, Training Day writer David Ayer set to script and direct the film. Uh, though the plot of the remake would have stuck closely to the original, the hero would have been reimagined. Rather than the larger-than-life character played by Arnie, this new Commando would have been uh, more skilled in covert tactics and weaponry, so going more going the Bourne Jason Bourne route. Yeah. Uh, but again, this remake never saw the light of day. Uh, Stephen E. D'Souza recently told RadioTimes.com that he doesn't think a reboot would work uh, since it would lack a unique character like Schwarzenegger. He said, I don't think a reboot is worth doing, but if they do it, please put in the original ending. <laughs> uh, the closest yeah. we have ever come to a Commando sequel comes courtesy of a line of action figures released in 1986 <laughs> uh, in an attempt to cash in on the success of G.I. Joe, the G.I. Joe uh, toy line. So, like, we've talked about this before, but like a lot of toy lines of the era, they had a, a strange amount of like mythology and backstory. Yeah, um, and so in this, uh, Matrix uh, leads an elite, an, a new elite special forces unit, which had replaced his old deceased unit from the original film, called C Team, uh, made up of new characters Specs, the next Blaster, and Chopper, wow. uh, uh, against the forces of Fear, F E A R. I assume that's an acronym, uh, led by the villain Psycho, and consisting of his henchmen Leadhead, Stalker, and Sawbones. So they made up all this backstory and mythos, yeah, for uh, uh, just some toys. But that's that's effectively the closest we've ever come wow. to to okay. com- Commando Two. So to round off. Here's a clip from a behind-the-scenes doc where the cast and crew look back on Commando and its legacy. It makes me feel great that people are still excited about a movie this this long ago because I myself am a movie buff. The part that 
you know, to this day, I find sort of amusing is that people come up to me and they say, The Commando is their favorite movie. The only thing I'd like to say is that I am probably one of the few people that has kicked the governor of California's <laughs> butt and got away with it. I'm happy that it's, it's, it's got a life like this. Who knew? Remember, Bennett knows where you live. Welcome back, John. So glad you could make it. Oh, Isn't that nice? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's it. Thoughts? Thoughts on Commando? Now I've educated you on its merits for a second time. Well, firstly, a question. Yeah. Have you ever watched Commando? Yeah. Whilst being Commando? <laughs> um, and if not, why not? I don't think so. Yeah. I, Where does that come from? Is it just the it, Marines or something? Or um... No, it's from Friends. Yeah, no, no, I know it's from Friends, but yeah. surely... What, what does it mean? You're is, like... Yeah. Is it just like army what? soldiers and they just don't wear pants? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, because in the, in the next line he says, I'm not going commando in another man's fatigues. Yeah. So I think it's specifically related to wearing someone else's clothes. Oh. Yeah, it's like don't... If, if you're wearing someone else's clothes, yeah. you've got to wear pants. Right, but it must come from something. It must be a... No, they just made it up. What, friends invented this? Yeah. No. It did. Nah. Google it. Right, tell us. Get in touch. Is Morgan talking bo bollocks or is he... The, fra the, phrase, the phrase going commando yeah. to mean not wearing underwear is... It's got to have been a thing before. Why? I don't know. It just feels like it's... It just seems such a throwaway thing. I have no proof of such, but uh, well, I... Because it doesn't make any sense, because he, he just says, I'm not going commando. No, he says, I'm not... Because he's talking about he's talking about um, wearing a rented tux. Yeah. And the fact that he's going to wear underwear. And he says, I'm not going to go commando in another man's fatigues. But what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's just a... No, but it doesn't... They wouldn't just invent a word. It's got to come from... But they didn't invent a word. No, no, no. But the, the phrase going commando must, yeah. mean, it must have already existed as didn't. a thing. Because there's no reason for him to say that without there being a reason for it. No chance. Was it friends? No chance. Yeah. Well, it 100% was. I'm going to look it up later. Look it up now. Because Look it up now. All right, okay. Right. Uh, entertain yourself. Yeah, talk, talk amongst yourselves. Um, yeah. Do you think... Who do you think is right here? Me. I know I'm right. Didn't spell that right. Uh, going commando is a slang term that means not wearing underwear beneath yeah. one's clothing. The origin of, it's not from friends though, is it? Mm. The or origin of the term is unclear, but it may refer to the reputation of commandos for action, toughness and resourcefulness. Yeah. And no way is anywhere going, it came from Google, friends. Google did friends invent the phrase going commando. Uh, uh, yeah, going commando means, this is on Wikipedia, means wearing no underwear. People have many different reasons for going commando. Some people, yeah, I know what it means. I want to know where it came from. Nowhere of saying friends. Go, go. I'm, te I'm telling you, you're you're making it up, mate. No chance. I, I love that your 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 source though just says it's unclear where it comes from. Well, it's, could no, be it's friends. Not friends though, is it? Could be. It's unclear. U.S. university slang originated uh, apparently in the University of North Carolina. Er earliest occurrence dates back to 1974. Ah. Oh, <laughs> you know, you just oh, you don't believe us. The phrase was made famous. It made famous, yes. Yeah. But they didn't just invent it for no... It had to have come from something. Mm. Yeah, I'm telling you. Well, if, anyone, if anyone knows other than us just quickly looking it up. I, I agree that Friends made it famous. Yeah. If it weren't for Friends, no one would use it. Fine, we'll, sat, we'll settle on that. But um, they didn't come up with it. I, I have never watched Commando while not wearing any underwear. I've probably watched Commando wearing nothing else but my underwear. <laughs> But with a bucket of KFC and a beer. What do you, just, yeah, what do you, what do you, what do you, what would you call that? 
Just wearing, just wearing the your sad. underwear. It's big sad. <laughs> there's no, there's no lowest, lowest ebb. There's no snappy phrase for yeah. that. It's just, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah the, the the lowest ebb of my life. Yeah. But no, uh, um, I, I want to watch it again. I remember, remember enjoying it at the time. Yeah, and it looks better than I remember it. Like. It's great. I feel like all I all I remembered from it is yeah. how mental he was as a villain, Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. Because his performance is bonkers. Yeah. But not necessarily good. Like, it, it is good in its own way, but it's like the room good. Yeah. Where it's like it was in I remember watching it at the time going, because he's not very buff. No. He's just a dude. Yeah. And I'm like, did they mean to cast someone else? And he had to fill in and they were like, Oh shit. Well, sort gone. of, yeah. Well, that's what happened. That's yeah, like, yeah. sort of what happened. I, I just He's great, yeah. but he's just so not believable in that role. But is my, what I'm saying. Imagine if it was just some dude who's like, oh yeah, I prefer that oh, to like Jai Courtney doing a fucking villain role, aged, yeah. aged minus twelve or whatever. Yeah. No, but imagine if it was just some random dude who was just like, oh come on, John, would have been but yeah, dull. No, no. That that I'd much rather have. That. I feel like that was a lightning in a bottle moment where yeah. uh, it shouldn't have worked, but it did. But it did. Oh god, it did. <laughs> But no, yeah, um, it, it. I like that era of action film. Yeah, because weirdly, the kind of gloss they put over it, the Miami Vice gloss, yeah, makes it look good even now. Yeah, um, that yeah, the Terminator Die Hard era. Yeah, well, it, it feels very eighties, but because of that, that almost timeless. It's it's sort of weirdly timeless. Yeah, yeah I think we've talked yeah. about this before. We talk about License to Kill yeah. and the cameras they use, <laughs> the, the gloss they put on it. It just feels Lethal Weapon is another example yeah. where even though yes, it's eighties, yeah, something about it timeless whereas films from a different era yeah like 90s or, or early noughties early noughties don't quite no. match it so in conclusion Com- Commando yeah timeless yeah. a timeless classic yeah so as ever we put out the call on our social channels and actually got quite an enthusiastic response yeah. so uh Shouldn't sound so surprised. Uh, <laughs> it's a good film. So uh, Ben Taylor on on Facebook said of Commando, just simply the best film of all time, oh, bar, wow. bar none. Uh, bar none. One man versus a whole army and Bennett, full of plane jumping, car chasing, mall fighting, motel trashing, massive explosions, and the best one liners ever. What else is there to say apart from let off some steam, Bennett? I think he liked it. Uh, I, th- I think I think he's a fan. <laughs> uh, Vic Tietze says uh, the most magnificent film that has zero right to be a splendidly loving parody of the entire 1980s Schwarzenegger era. Yeah. Before had even really started yeah. uh, but also a rollicking entertainment in its own right filled with countless memorable one-liners and bonkers action uh, Carl Jones on Twitter said this is coming up soon on my list of things I force my kids to watch in much the same way as I as I forced you to watch it that's uh, you that is uh, back on Facebook Anthony uh, Lauro Aman says absolutely love it myself and my mates would quote it endlessly again he says it's like a parody of Arnie films uh, well before Last Action Hero mm. uh, which Stephen Grayson on Twitter also suggested would make a suitable subject for a future yeah. episode so yeah my, my, thank you Stephen might my, my, my take that on board uh, well we will take it on board <laughs> but whether or not we'll actually do it is another question but we might do it yeah. um, finally my friend my friend Sam uh, had these reflections on Commando buckle in he says oh, uh, yeah, okay on reflection, I think that the whole film is ahead of its time and a sobering metaphor with Bennett as the protagonist and the events of the film never truly taking place. Oh. Poor Bennett has just lost his job, being thrown out of the unit. Matrix is the personification of Bennett's problems and more importantly, the focus of his unjustified blame. He falls in with the wrong circle of friends, Cook, Sully, etc., who only reinforce this and fuel his stance on blaming his problems externally, represented by the kidnapping of Jenny. Bennett, for some time, only focuses on escaping his problems, putting up more barriers the bad guys, as time progresses, even wearing chainmail to keep his heart closed. <laughs> this ultimately leads to Bennett going into full self-isolation, cutting himself off from the outside world and all that want to help him. 
hence the island and right. the army. This is unfortunately no way to go, uh, as your problems always catch up to you eventually. Matrix going full Duke Nukem at the end of the movie. The climactic fight is critical. Right to the end, Bennett, when finally finding the courage to face his problems, still tries to stay at a distance with a gun. Finally, he unleashes the hero that was always inside and accepts that he will need to tackle his problems head on via the knife fight. I don't need no gun! <laughs> uh, the struggle is hard with much blood, sweat and tears. Bennett cannot change the errors of his past so he cannot kill Matrix, but he finds a way to deal with his stress moving forward. He becomes the hero he was born to be by learning how to just let off some steam. A truly sobering story of one man's path to redemption courageously facing up to his demons ahead of its time. Can we just get Sam to just do this from now on? Better than us. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. Was far better than anything we could have written. I, I'm going to get him to do that for every single, yeah. every single film or TV show. Whether or, they've seen it or not. Or game. We, yeah. yeah. Maybe that could be a little, little, uh, little special feature. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a semi, semi-regular feature. Yeah. So th- thank you for that, Sam. Very, very entertaining. So that is it for, ha- for now. Uh, if you're very hungry uh, for more, Head to twogeeks2beers.com where you can find all of our previous episodes including retrospectives on action classics like Predator, Die Hard and Big Trouble in Little China. Plus more outings covering off classic TV shows and video games. Uh, Go follow us on all the socials. We're at Two Geeks Cast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We're also on YouTube and TikTok where you'll find clips from episodes old and new. And uh, please also rate and review the podcast via your podcast outlet of choice, where you can also subscribe. And you can also become a Two Geeks supporter on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash twogeekscast. Uh, you can sponsor the podcast, and in return, you can get exclusive Patreon-only minisodes, outtakes, personalized thank you videos, merch, and much more. Uh, and you can also email us, podcast at twogeeks2beers.com, with any thoughts, feedback, and suggestions for future episodes. So that's it for now. Hasta luego, fellas. So just before we uh, before we sign off, yeah. Uh, now we've had plenty, plenty of IM debatable facts yeah. on this podcast in, in the past, including some in this in this very episode. But this this might be the worst piece. Of IMDb okay. trivia, not not just that we've read out on the podcast, but but possibly ever in, right. in, in, in existence. This genuinely, genuinely sits on the IMDb trivia page okay. for Commando. Someone was like, someone's just written this, but someone's like, this this is worth this is worth adding adding to the adding okay. to this. Page. Yeah, people believe it. Or not. Yeah, oh, it's it's not about the credibility. It's just about, uh, I yeah, I guess, well, yeah. I guess, yeah. In the opening credit sequence, Jenny sticks her ice cream in Matrix's face. <laughs> Sometimes. Sorry. Just, just reading it now made me laugh. Right. In the opening credit sequence, Jenny sticks her ice cream in Matrix's face. Yeah. Ironically, 12 years after the movie's release, Arnold Schwarzenegger would play the supervillain Mr. Freeze in 1997's Batman and Robin. Is that ironic? <laughs> no. I, I feel like this person has less of a grasp of what ironic means than Alanis Morissette does. Well, I get it almost if she put ice in his face. Yeah, or if he was called Mr. Ice Cream. Even, yeah. even then it's a stretch. Or, but... or if... um. He picked up some ice and like way before he was Batman and Robin, he was, was like, ice to meet you or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, no, what? It's like, in this film he eats ice cream, in that film he plays Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Ironic. Not really. <laughs> not, not quite, mate. Not quite, mate. All right. Uh, so, there you go. That was awful. <laughs> How many upvotes do that have? Ridiculous. <laughs> that would be like, naught of 17 people thought this was interesting. Uh, I enjoyed it. So... Cheers. One vote from me.